I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. This deal about the seeds is weird, right? I don't begin to understand it. Do, do you, were you on the receiving end of some of these mystery Chinese seeds? If so, would you do me a huge favor? Would you take your cell phone, uh, take a picture of those seeds, uh, the front and back of the label, and would you send them to me? I'd, I'd love to learn more, and maybe even uh, g- give me a call later on. Uh, 57500, that's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. You can also get through to me, and I think, I think uh, to send me a picture, you have to use Facebook. So if you go to Facebook, uh, Lee Lonsberry, You'll see the live mic logo up in the corner. Uh, click on my page there, and why don't you share with me uh, the, the image of the seeds you received. And maybe you and I can try to figure this out together. Uh, we've heard a number of, of theories as to what this is all about, uh, a marketing gimmick um, on, the, you know, on the less nefarious end. And then in the real nefarious end, there are all kinds of conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> speculating as to why uh, we'd be receiving seeds uh, from China. Anyway, uh, that is a story for another day because, if I'm honest, I know nothing about it today. What I do know is on the line now we are joined by Scott Howell, a good friend of this program and a good friend of the Joe Biden campaign. Mr. Howell, sir, how are you? Hey, Lee, I'm great. Uh, thank you for the invitation. It's great to be here. I really appreciate it. I uh, was thinking about those seeds and... Uh, that that is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Can you believe that? I mean, it's just so bizarre. I know. Are they vegetables? Are they flowers? Is there something bacon? Who knows? We'll, we'll find out. Uh, maybe we'll there find you out. Go. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll open up the, the KSL News Radio Scientific Laboratory and we'll grow them in a controlled environment and report back. <laughs> that sounds good. That someday. Sounds really good. Someday. Uh, okay, so listen. The Yesterday, as you uh, informed me, uh, Tom Perez, chair of the Democratic National Committee, hosted uh, the DNC Platform Committee meeting. I have a few of his comments I'd like to share with folks before you and I get into it, Scott. And so sure. here... Uh, here's Tom just yesterday uh, sharing some of the opening remarks of that platform committee hearing. This work cannot wait another four years. It can hardly wait another 99 days. That is why it is so important for us to unite behind our platform and our party and our remarkable standard bearer, Joe Biden. Of course, and this is something that I have said repeatedly, and I think it bears repeating now. Uh, He goes on to talk about the need for uh, passionate debate. We should never confuse unity with unanimity, nor should we confuse debate with division. Our party, like our country, has always been stronger for its diversity. And make no mistake about it, 
we have far more in common than what our differences are. If you want to see strong debate, come to Thanksgiving dinner with my extended family at my house because we talk about issues, we debate them passionately, and then we all come together around our common values. And that's exactly what's happening here today. I very much appreciate something he said there in the middle. We ought not to confuse debate with division. And I think that we are confusing that around this country right now. And so regardless of your political party, where you stand on things, that principle remains true. We ought not to mistake uh, debate for division. You and I uh, can disagree on any number of things, but at the end of the day, we can also pat each other on the back and say, thanks for playing. Let's go again tomorrow. Uh, Scott, those were some of the generalities, some of the general attitudes held by uh, Mr. Perez as he spoke on behalf of the, uh, the, the DNC. What are some of the specifics? What did we learn yesterday as the, as the platform was rolled out? Well, um, it's interesting that uh, Chairman Perez would talk about his family like that. It kind of sounds like the Howell family, Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter and about every birthday. Uh, and, you know, it's always been the goal, uh, not the division, nor the subtraction. You know, you shouldn't take somebody out of a personal relationship or a family just because you don't agree on something. So he started off the debate. And, and first of all, it was an honor for me to be picked as the delegate for the platform uh, committee. And, uh, Leah, this is the first seven-and-a-half-hour Zoom meeting I've ever participated in. And i got to tell you, it was really good, and it was exhilarating. And when you needed to get up and, and uh, grab some lunch or grab something to eat, you could do that. And, you know, you'd put your picture up there, and it was loud enough that you could still hear what was going on. And it was really exhilarating for me to, to do use technology. I'm, you know, a big fan of uh, re, uh, the virtual network. And what we did in, in the platform committee, we passed a lot of very important things. And I want the audience to know that a platform is a suggestion of where the Democratic Party will go. It's not a hard and fast rule. And I think it's the same with the Republicans. They, these are the, the value systems of that organization, and it's things that we want to aspire to. But it's never been, in my mind, nor I think in any of my other uh, fellow elected officials, that it's a hard and fast rule, thou shalt do this. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a, a guide to where we are. And one of the things that was interesting yesterday was about implementing paid sick, sick days and a high-quality um, uh, uh, package of, of health care. Now, it, interestingly enough, it didn't go to the, the Bernie side of this. And, and really, this platform was about uh, kind of the Bernie uh, people on there. They had a, a position and they were members of it. It didn't go to a single payer system or Medicare for all. It really gave some greater benefits on parenting uh, time off uh, when a child is born. And then it also gave some wonderful things about um, uh, health care, being able to use the ACA to keep your kids on there until they're 26 years old uh, as a family. Mm. So that, that was an important piece of that because I know a lot of people were concerned in which direction we go. And, and again, that's the admonition that we've given. The other thing that was interesting to me, you, there were a couple before, of things. Before we move on from, before we move on from uh, paid family leave and such like that, did you address minimum wage? Or are you, uh, you still $15 yes, minimum wage people? Did. Yes, we did. Yeah, uh, we did, Lee, and, and that's exactly right. We, uh, 
uh, suggested that a minimum wage should be raised to $15. But again, we left that up to the discretion of the the state and also the elected officials in there. But as a broad paintbrush across the the platform, we did still have that on the $15 an hour. And I think there's uh, another thing that we didn't pass, and that was the legalization of marijuana. That was on there. Uh, we, but we did say that it's time that the feds and the state get together. As you know, in a state like Utah, there's been a lot of concern about uh, these medical marijuana pharmacies. And since it's still against the federal law, could the feds come in and just shut somebody down or take it over? Mm-hmm. So I thought, I thought that was good. And as you know, being uh, working in the Congress, that's really got to be a congressional uh, uh, leadership on that to make that happen. So that was that was another positive thing. But overall, it was just an unbelievable experience of coming together. And I think our platform has never been stronger than what it is right now. Uh, and I, I think it's a, a something that it'll be interesting as we move to the convention. You know, it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, we're going to go with the CDC guidelines, and as you probably know, the Wisconsin Center is in the middle of a, a, a coronavirus pandemic, and so we are under the guise of the city and the county uh, uh, in order to take their uh, guidance and what we have to do. And so we're going to have a convention main venue will be uh, considered a health and safety zone. Every attendee will be tested every single day. Um, masks must be worn. Um, they, all the attendees will have to self-isolate for a minimum of 72 hours before departing from Milwaukee or on the first entry into the health and safety zone, as we're calling it. Um, you, the masks will be required of everyone. Uh, they did make an exception that uh, presumptive nominee Joe Biden will have to wear a mask except when he's speaking. So mm. they gave him that, that, that opportunity. But social daily, daily testing. Yes, daily testing. Now, that's enough right there for me to say, you know, I'm a, a delegate, but I don't think I'm going to go because I'm not sure I want that thing up my nose. You is, know? That right? I, you, is that right? You may, you may not be attending. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that I don't want to take a chance. And I've really, my wife and I have talked over it back and forth. And if I hadn't had such a positive experience yesterday on that virtual uh, event that we had, uh-huh. I, I would I, I would go back. But it, it, Lee, I can't even begin to tell you how incredible it was and how they had it all put together. Yeah. Zoom ran flawlessly, and it was really inspiring. And, you know, sometimes when you get in a big group, there you have these contentious feelings, and people have to say something even though they don't really mean it. Yeah. Uh, that didn't happen yesterday. It was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Scott Howell, thank you so much for your insight here. Let me know when you make a final decision. Unless you've made one already, I'd be, uh, I'd be curious to, to speak to you. Well, well, we'll certainly connect whether or not you attend uh, in person or online. Uh, but, uh, but good luck to you as, you as you make that final decision. Uh, you know, either way, you can't go wrong. Uh, and I'm grateful to you today for the insight you've, you've brought to this program. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. I really appreciate it. And let's make these 55 days count, and let's we're all wear our masks. And then we can all go to the convention as we yeah, right? get rid of this virus. Well, let's just get Thanks, back Lee. to some sort of normalcy, huh? There you all go. right. We're going to take a quick break here. When we return, I want to talk to you about a, a concept that producer Amy and I were throwing back and forth 
just yesterday, and it has to do uh, with something I'm calling artificial resilience. Are some of the aids being handed down to businesses and individuals from the federal government giving the illusion of resilience in the face of this coronavirus? Are we being given fish in lieu of allowing uh, for time to learn how to fish? We'll break that down, plus I'll share with you some thoughts contained within a, a John Curtis op-ed next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.